Thank you so much for that song. It was a blessing to my heart, as well as a call to action and convicting, that we would truly be willing to be Christ's servants. Now, if you have your Bibles this morning, I would like to get right into Scripture. Please turn with me to Luke chapter 10. It's going to be Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42 this morning. Luke 10, 38 through 42, and it really is a privilege to be able to come and open God's Word for you this morning. And I pray that the Lord will work in your heart as well as mine. A few weeks ago, I made myself, when, back when it was somewhat cooler in Indianapolis, I made myself a homemade cup of hot chocolate. Now, I sat down to enjoy it. I took one sip of it, and I spat it out immediately. It was gross. It was disgusting. First of all, I made it and not my wife. She normally makes a really good cup of hot chocolate. But I thought back on what I'd done wrong. And I realized that I had forgotten an ingredient. Have you ever had a cup of milk, straight cocoa, cayenne, and some vanilla? It doesn't taste very good without the sugar. So it was a pretty disgusting cup of hot chocolate. um, And I spat it out immediately. And everything else in my recipe was there, but I forgot one ingredient and the whole thing was thrown off. Maybe you've done something similar where you have baked a, some cookies and all of a sudden realized they didn't rise because you forgot the baking powder or baking soda. Maybe you've switched out sugar for salt in a recipe and all it takes is one thing to be off and the whole thing is messed up. But have you ever been serving in ministry or just trying to live the Christian life, you're doing, doing, doing. It seems like you've got all your ducks in a row. Everything's put together. But you just sense that something is missing. Something's not quite right. There's an ingredient that's not there. You're doing all the right things. Maybe you're even saying all of the right things. But something is off. Now today we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And we're going to, get, we're going to consider a message that I've entitled, When Serving God is Missing Something. Now, this is not probably a new passage to many of you. This is not earth-shattering information. But this passage ministered to my heart recently. and I thought I'd share it with you, and hopefully the Lord would use it in your heart and your life. Now, did you know that sometimes doing good things can become a bad thing in our lives? Now, that sounds like a controversial statement. But if... Doing good things distracts us from what Jesus is going to call the most important thing in this passage. It can become a problem in our spiritual lives and in our walk with the Lord. This passage is about Martha and Mary. And we're going to look at some red flags that warn us that something is missing in our walk with the Lord. Even if we're doing all the right things, saying all the right things. And it showed up in the life of Martha in this passage. And if we're not careful and if we're not vigilant, it can easily show up in our lives as well. So let's read verses 38 through 40. Now it came to pass as they went, as they entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. We're going to pause there. Let's pray. And then we'll investigate this passage in in more detail. Father, I ask that this morning you would use your word to impact humble hearts. That even as we sit here and listen to the passage that you have for us today, and we listen to the words of Jesus, that you'd help us to examine our own hearts. That our motivation would be correct. That we would serve you out of a, a love for you. That we would not forget the most important ingredient in our service for you 
that even as we seek to accomplish great things for you, help us to be spirit-empowered and to be motivated by a love for Jesus Christ. It's, it's in his name we pray. Amen. And did you notice that, that first phrase of verse 40? A red flag, the first red flag I want us to notice from this passage, when serving becomes a problem in our life or when serving God is missing something, is number one, when serving God becomes a burden. When serving God becomes a burden. She was cumbered about with much serving, and Martha is busy. She is doing what any single one of us would have done if an important person is coming over to our house. She's seeking to be a good host. She's trying to take care of Jesus and his disciples. She's trying to get everything put together in a great way for them. But Martha is having a bad attitude about serving. It's a burden to her. It's become an issue for her. She comes to Jesus and she's cumbered about with much serving and it's not a joy for her anymore. But rather, it's become a burden. And that red flag popped up in her life and she's doing everything good on the surface. She's going through the motions, but her motivation was really off. And a principle I want us to learn just from from that phrase right there is busyness does not always equal godliness. Busyness does not always equal godliness. We can be spinning our wheels trying to do a lot of good things that are commanded in Scripture, but they're not empowered by the Holy Spirit or by a relationship with Jesus Christ. Her motivation was off. And we need to be reminded of that, that busyness does not always equal godliness. Now, growing up, I loved baseball. To be honest, baseball in my high school years was my idol Everything about my life was for the purpose of getting better at baseball. I was chasing a college scholarship, and I did everything to get better at the sport of baseball. But the last summer I played, I was on a very serious team in New Jersey. We traveled in the tri-state area, and my team played 62 games in a a two-and-a-half-month span. My arm was about to fall off. (laughs) And in the middle of all of that, we had games. We also had practices, and I truly loved the sport of baseball But all of those games and those practices started to become a burden to me. Yes, I loved baseball, but I was just going through the motions because I was trying to do too much. And as my love for baseball still existed, it it faded. Because I got distracted by all of these things. My coaches, as we got older, they yelled at us. My coach actually was a major league baseball player for all of two weeks. And he got fired by Hank Aaron. So we always bragged about that. But it, it became very serious very quickly. Everybody was trying to get scholarships. My coach was upset at us half the time. My coach invested his personal money for me to go and get pitching lessons. And I felt the pressure to perform rather than simply to enjoy the game of basketball. Baseball, excuse me. I also like basketball. <laughs> I wasn't as good at it. But often... In our spiritual lives and in our walk with Christ, we feel the pressure to perform rather than simply to enjoy Jesus. And Jesus was in Martha's home. And she was doing her best to perform, and she was failing to build her relationship with him. And while our love for for Jesus may still exist and we have a love for God, sometimes it can be wrongly choked out by other things. When doing even good things, 
Even things that God tells us to do, obeying and serving him, when it becomes a burden for you, it ought to be a warning sign that something is missing from your spiritual life. At church, we can be busy. At school, we can be busy. In our home lives, we can be busy. And we're trying to accomplish a lot of great things. We're trying to do things for the Lord. We have lots of opportunities. We have lots of activities. We have lots of ministry opportunities. But if we're not careful, we can start to equate busyness with godliness. And Martha was falling into that trap. And if we take a step back, we may realize that at times we are doing good things. They're not motivated by a relationship with the Lord. Now I'm going to ask you a question just for some self-contemplation. You don't have to say it out. I'll give you five to ten seconds to think about this. But I want you to ask yourself, what are some reasons that you serve God besides a love for God? What are some reasons that you personally serve God, try to do things for him besides a love for him? And your answer to that question in your head may be revealing some wrong motivations that are going on in your heart. Maybe it's what other people will think about you. Maybe it's because you think God will love you more if you do more things for him. Have you lost your joy in serving? Has doing good things become a burden to you? Is something missing in your walk with the Lord this this morning? It's not just about doing good stuff. It's not just about not doing bad things. God has called us to so much more than just not doing bad stuff. Have you lost your joy? Because Jesus is going to hit the nail on the head when he confronts Martha's thought processes in a few verses. He's going to go right to the core of the issue to Martha. Let's read on in verse 40, and we're going to notice a second red flag that you and I need to be aware of as well. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, Dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Now we're going to pause there. Just listen to that first phrase. Dost thou not care? Here's the red flag. When serving God makes you question God's love. When serving God makes you question God's love. Mary began to, Martha, excuse me, began to complain. She began to talk about all the things that she was doing. And she accused Jesus of being uncaring. Do you not care about me? Do you not see all that I'm doing? I'm trying to do all of these things for you, Jesus, and for your disciples. And Mary isn't helping me. We'll get to that in a second. Jesus, I'm serving you. Do you not care? As one commentator wrote, few things are as damaging to the Christian life as trying to work for Christ without taking time to commune with Christ. John 15, 5 talks about The fact that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and we can accomplish nothing of eternal value without being plugged in to our source of power and joy, Jesus Christ. When we we feel alone, it often causes us frustration and more often fear. And we feel like, hey, do, do they not even care about me? I remember this most scary place for me as a child, and many of you can probably relate to this, was my grandmother's basement especially when the light was off. Now, you could probably all think back. You could probably remember the exact smell that your grandmother's basement has. Probably the look. It was probably all cinder block. (laughs) But I remember standing at the bottom of my grandmother's basement with one hand on the light switch, and I was racing myself, getting ramped up. The moment I turned the light off, I was going to run upstairs because I was scared to death. (laughs) 
And I was running up the stairs to try to get to the safety of the light, and I'd frantically run up, but I also remember reading a story about a five-year-old Johnny. And Johnny was in the kitchen. He was helping his mother make supper. She asked him to go to the pantry and to get a can of tomato soup from the pantry for whatever recipe they were working on. And Johnny said, Mom, I'm afraid. I, I, I can't go to that pantry. It's dark in there. I'm, I'm scared. And thinking quickly, the mother responded, Johnny, you've got to remember that Jesus is always with you. He'll be in there with you. So Johnny walked hesitantly to that pantry. The light was off. It was dark. He slowly opened it. He started to leave when all of a sudden an idea came to his mind. And he said, Jesus, if you're in there, could you hand me that can of tomato soup? <laughs> but we question whether or not God is actually going to enable us to serve him and to accomplish what he's called us to accomplish. And when we serve him, we start to doubt, do you even care about me? Are you going to help me? There's something missing from our relationship with Jesus. And so question for all of us this morning, do you maybe feel like God has forsaken you in your service for him? Do you, do you even care what I'm trying to do for you, Lord? Have you forgotten the promise of God's presence? That he will empower you to accomplish what he's called you to accomplish? Are you currently questioning God's love because maybe you feel like he's not providing the help or the support that you think you need to do what he has called you to do. God, do you not care? My family's falling apart. God, do you not care? I'm about to lose my job and I don't have the finances that I need to support my family. I'm trying my best. I'm doing all of these things, but God, it's not enough. And maybe you think in your own mind, I'm trying to do what's right, but no one else is. I'm all alone in this. I work with teenagers and they have that feeling often. Hey, I'm all alone. I'm surrounded by people who don't necessarily want to please God in my school. And does God even care that I'm trying my best to serve him? Maybe you would be here and you are serving in ministry in many different ways, maybe ways that people don't even know. And maybe you think, I'm working myself to the bone. God, where are you? Do you even care? Have you forgotten about me? And when you start to question God's love and care for you, it is a red flag that something is absolutely missing from your service for God and in your walk with him. What's the third red flag in this passage? We've already read it. When serving God makes you look down on others. Did you notice what Martha asked Jesus? Do you not care, and she gets more specific, that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Martha is serving. She realizes there's a problem, but she does not identify the problem within herself. She identifies the problem as Mary. We're about to read in a few minutes what Mary was doing, but Mary wasn't helping, and Martha started viewing others through a very distorted lens. Hey, if only Mary would serve you, Jesus, as I am serving you, there wouldn't be an issue here. If everyone served you the same way that I do, everything would be great because I've got this all figured out. I am serving you in the right way, Jesus. Mary is being lazy. Do you ever sense that in your heart? When you look at other people and think, why are my burdens not their burdens? I remember being in the backyard as a teen, raking the leaves at my parents' house, and I vividly remember angrily thinking, I hope my parents know how much I love them. <laughs> And while I was raking the yard, my three younger brothers, I voluntarily decided to do this, but my three younger brothers didn't get the hint, and they were inside playing video games, and I was like, I love my parents so much more than they do. 
They must hate my parents. And I, I just remember these thoughts going through my mind. And I just thought, I am so loving. <laughs> Have you ever been there? We, we view other people and we just think, well, I am doing so much. Why, are, aren't, why isn't anyone else doing what I'm trying to accomplish? When you find yourself comparing your works or even your commitment level to God to your own, there's a red flag that something is, is off in your heart and in your walk with the Lord. You've forgotten about God and maybe you've made yourself the central character of whatever story that you have got going on in your mind. And it is so easy for us to place ourselves at the center of everything in the world. We get so self-focused. We think, why isn't everyone doing what I am doing? I am keeping busy. I'm trying to do all of this. And do you ever feel alone in your sacrifice for God? Maybe you feel like others are not even close to as committed to God as you are. Why am I the only one? I feel like I'm the only one who's serving God. No one ever serves God as much as I do. Elijah was there in, in the book of Kings. He said, I'm alone. And God had to remind him that he was not alone. And often we feel alone in our service for God. But when we start comparing ourselves to each other, the Bible says when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we're not wise. So something is missing in your spiritual life if you're comparing yourself to others. There's a red flag. But fourthly, when serving, God, when serving God makes you demand relief from God. Let's read on in verse 40. Do not see, do not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone. Here's what she says. Bid her therefore that she help me. She starts to give Jesus the solution to the problem that she is sensing in her heart. It is moved from, do you not care, Jesus, very quickly to, here's the solution to the problem. Here's how you fix it. Maybe you haven't done this in a long time, but maybe you've been watching a group of children. And I have children, so it's very fresh in my mind. But they're playing together, and one of them comes up to you, and they're tattletailing on the other and saying, hey, they do not want to play the game that I made up. Can you make them play the game with me? And you do some research and you figure out that the person who's come to you is the person who made up this rule, this game, and all of the rules are skewed in their favor. It's impossible for them to lose. Right? They're like, well, I'm invincible. You can't do that to me. And pretty quickly, the other kids lose interest. They get bored. They run away. They don't want anything to do with them, with that game. Maybe some of you, I see some of you shaking your head. But let's be honest, even us as adults, we do the same thing, but we just disguise it in a little bit better way. Hey, here are the rules to how I live my life. And when we feel like people aren't living their lives according to my set of rules, and again, we've all got to line up with God's rules, but maybe what we think we've got to do, we can get pretty upset at them. Somehow we can all tend to think that our ministry burdens, the way that we serve God, should also be everyone else's. And if they don't serve God the exact same way that we do, it's a problem. But that's part of the beauty of the body of Christ. There is diversity of gifts, 1 Corinthians 12. That when we are unified and using our gifts together, even, even though they are different, that we are going to accomplish God's purposes. We cannot look at anyone else in disrespect and say, hey, you have a, a lesser gift than I do. 
But also, do not exclude yourself from ministry because you think your gifts aren't as good as someone else. That's the whole point of 1 Corinthians 12. But as you move forward in this passage, you'll notice the next verse that Jesus is going to give the solution to, to Martha's problem. And the solution that he proposes is very different than the one that Martha had in mind. In her thinking, it wasn't Martha's problem, but the problem lied with Mary, with other people. And in the the next verse, we're going to see this fifth red flag, as well as the solution. It's kind of tied together that Jesus gives to what's going on in Martha's heart. When serving has lost its joy, here's a fifth red flag that we need to be careful of. When serving God replaces your personal time with him. Let's read verses 41 and 42. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. When serving God replaces your personal time with him. Yes, you're participating in ministries. Yes, you're doing, 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 but something is missing. Spirit empowerment isn't there. Joy in serving the Lord isn't there. Have you outgrown your God and I time? When was the last time you picked up your Bible to personally spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ? I've heard one commentator say it this way. They got it from Romans 12. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. When you serve out of love, you will love serving. When you serve out of love, you will love serving. Now, if you boil it down in Martha's heart and at times in ours, there are times that we feel like we have more to offer God than God has to offer us. And that's a pretty scary place to be. Martha thought her service to Jesus was more valuable than what Jesus was teaching at the time. And there was responsibilities there, and we can't, and Jesus' solution is not stop doing all these things, but he says you've got to prioritize the most important thing. Are we missing what Jesus is trying to teach us about himself because we think we have to do good things in order to gain Jesus' favor? God himself was in her house, and she was too busy to listen to him. And let's not look down on her too much. Because God's word is in our hands, and at times we're too busy to listen to him. Are you pursuing God with your whole heart? The illustration that came to mind was marriage. As you lead up to marriage, you spend all all kinds of time going on dates. You go on three, four, five dates uh, a week. When you're leading up to marriage, you do everything you can and spend time to get to know that person. But then you get married, and all the responsibilities of marriage hit. You've got work, you've got house, you've got cars, you've got insurance, you've got children, you've got ball games, you've got finances, you've got all of these responsibilities that come your way. And if you're not careful, doing all the responsibilities of marriage and keeping the family going, you forget to spend time with your spouse. And unfortunately and sadly, many marriages in our country have ended with the phrase, I don't love you anymore. Now that's a whole different topic. We're using it as an illustration, but wouldn't it be a tragedy for us to have to honestly say to God with a humble heart, I'm not loving you right now. It, is, it has been a long time 
since I've personally sat down and spent time in your word simply to get to know you and to learn what you have for me that day. I've been doing, doing, doing. I've lost its joy and I see all these red flags in my life. And if I'm honest, God, I need to come back to you and and rebuild my relationship with you. Don't forget Jesus because you only love God because he first loved you. And he showed that love to you on the cross that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. He became your substitute. The Bible says he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And as we look around the world and as we look around at our own hearts, it does not take us very long to understand and realize that something is off. That this world is broken. It doesn't take us long to look at our own hearts and realize that my sin, I have indwelling sin, that something's wrong with my heart and I need Jesus to fix it. I need Jesus to restore it. And the Bible says there's none righteous. That includes you. That includes me. There's no not one. And often we think, even as Martha thought, if we can do all of these good things for God, we're going to gain his favor. But Jesus died to pay the penalty of our sin so that you and I can be forgiven and restored. Because the wages of your sin and my sin, no matter how great or how small it is, is death. And isn't it awesome that Jesus died on the cross so that we could have eternal life? And often we forget that. We get so busy. So how can you, if you're here this morning, accept God's gift of forgiveness and salvation? Because the Bible is very clear. Every single one of us needs Jesus Christ. You, first of all, need to agree with God about your sin. And understand that you are one of those unrighteous people on your, in your, on your own. And that you need to run to Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose again to be your hope and your eternal life. And he can promise you eternal life because he's not dead. It's by faith alone. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. By grace are we saved through faith. Have you this morning accepted that gift of God? And you may be here and say, it sounds too good to be true. I have done so many bad things. How could God forgive me? It's not about how bad you are or how good you are. It's about how good and righteous Jesus is. It's about who he is. It's not about what you have done. Call out to God and ask him for, for forgiveness and proclaim your faith in Jesus Christ that he accomplished what you never could. But even as a believer, serving God is going to fall flat when you neglect the one necessary thing. Spending time with the Lord. Humbly sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing his word. What does Jesus say is that necessary thing in this passage? Because Mary chose it. And she humbly sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his word. Prioritize your relationship with him. Because God is going to complete that good work that he began in you, not you. Philippians 1.6 You will be changed as you behold his glory in the mirror of God's word, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Read the Read 2 Corinthians chapter 3. As you get to know God from his word, he will change you. You can't do it on your own. Because even serving God will fall flat unless you include the one needful thing. So I want to ask you this morning, is that the missing ingredient 
You know this in your head, but you believe this in your heart. That even though it feels like something might be missing, that your joy has, that serving has become a burden to you, have you spent time with Jesus? John 15 says that we are to abide in Christ. We can accomplish nothing of eternal value without spending time with the Lord. 2 Timothy 4, Paul is speaking to a young pastor and he's telling, that, telling him how he can have influence on people and how he can change them, how he can be a leader and example. And he says, you need to train yourself in godliness. Are you and I training ourselves in godliness? Because when many things that we're trying to accomplish for God replace the needful thing, spending time with God, the many things are ineffective. They're going to fall flat. When the many things replace the needful thing, the many things are going to be ineffective. So what's Jesus' response? And what is Martha's response? Notice that Jesus did not say, hey, Martha, just give up serving. Don't do that stuff. He said, you've got to remember the most important thing. Don't forget to add that back in. And yes, God has given us a pattern of rest. But he also doesn't tell Martha to stop serving. But he said, prioritize your life and the word. Don't confuse doing good things externally with spirit-filled, spirit-empowered service if you're not hearing God's word. That's where our source of strength comes from. In conclusion, our, our worship ought to and it will fuel our service. Our worship of Jesus and of, of the Father will fuel our service for him. And just like that cake or cookie we opened with that illustration that you forgot the baking powder, it's not rising, there's a missing ingredient. Are your good things falling short without time with the Lord? Humbly sit at Jesus' feet and listen to his word. Father, we thank you.